Glad you're here. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online too at summittogether.com. Thank you for worshiping with us wherever you are and however you're joining us today. I pray that God will bless you through the time you spend with us and that, uh, and that God will honor your time. So thank you again for being here today. Um, is, anybody, is it weird to anybody else that it snowed yesterday? Because it's like, I don't know. And if, if I was still in Oklahoma in October, um, it, it's 80 degrees. So um, anyway, uh, we have some guests from out of town in with us this weekend from Oklahoma. And so I, I went out and took the dog last night and I saw snow falling. And so I went and told them, and they're, oh my gosh, it's snowing. And I was like, I will not be nearly this excited about it in three months, I promise. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're having a great day. Let me remind you about one thing real quick. Tonight, uh, 6 p.m. is our night of worship, and I would love for you to come and take advantage of that. It's just going to be a time that we can set aside some time and open up some time. We're not worried about time frames or, or dismissing this certain time or anything like that. We're just going to have some time that we're going to be able to worship God and connect with God. And, and it's going to be for you to be able to connect and go deeper in your walk with the Lord. So I would love for you to be here tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, if you're worried about the Steelers game after worship tonight, we're going to show the Steelers game. So if you want to stick, you know, come to that and stick around for the Steelers game, we'd love for you to. When we look at the spiritual disciplines over the next few weeks, the one I felt strongly about starting with this week, um, and and really, we're kind of combining a couple together, but we're going to look today at the idea of Sabbath. And right now, some of you are thinking, oh gosh, you're talking about church attendance, aren't you, Mel? Like, hey, it's the Sabbath, you've got to honor it and keep it holy by attending church, and that's not where we're going with it today. Uh, God takes the Sabbath very seriously in Scripture. Uh, God takes it seriously. In fact, he takes it so seriously, he put it in the commandments. Um, there's a lot of things that we disregard about Scripture at times that we'll say, well, maybe that's not as important as it used to be. Uh, but typically when we look at the Ten Commandments, those are areas that we feel pretty strongly about, right? Like, thou shalt not kill. Like, we don't disregard that and go, well, that's just Old Testament, right? Like, that, that's not for today. We apply that to ourselves today. But for some reason, when it comes to the Sabbath, we don't always honor that like I think God wants us to. And when we really want to start with this is, is I want us to look just real briefly at the way the Jewish people look at the Sabbath, and they call it sh the Shabbat, and they take it so seriously that they, uh, in times, uh, I don't know if you remember the pitcher Sandy Koufax played for the Dodgers. He was a practicing Jew, but what he did was he wouldn't pitch on the Sabbath at times. He just said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to honor my faith. Uh, we see a lot of athletes throughout history who just said, I'm not going to play because it's the Sabbath. And so I'm not going to do it. And they, they honored the Lord by not working and not doing their, their vocation on the Sabbath. And so a lot of times we look at the Sabbath and we go, well, it's just a day where it's a day off or it's a day I have to go to church. But it's not really what it was intended to be. For Jews, the Shabbat is one of the most holy days. And they, they honor God and they look at that and they take it very seriously. Every single week they approach the Sabbath in a way that they honor it. Now, they don't just honor the day, but it's said that um, there's a saying that says, um, not only has Israel kept the Sabbath, but the Sabbath has kept Israel. So they understand that through their history, the Sabbath wasn't just a day that they set aside, but it was a day that impacted them in such a way that has really sustained them through some of the difficult periods of their history, that the Shabbat was something that was important for their existence. Um, the, the, the word Sabbath in the, in the Hebrew, it means to cease or to stop. It means to rest. And we all know that Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest, but when you look at it in the context of it being a day to cease or to cease striving is another way to say that. 
it takes on a little bit of new meaning. Because what God wants for us on the Sabbath is not simply to attend church, although that's great, I'm glad you attended church today. What God wants for you on your Sabbath is for you to cease striving, for you to stop working, not just your vocation, but for you to stop working in the spiritual sense that you're trying to work your salvation or make uh, yourself acceptable to God. Because Jesus has made you acceptable if you're a child of God. If you've accepted Jesus, you are acceptable to God. You don't have to work that out yourself. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to, to, to fix yourself. That's a day that we can stop and honor God. Exodus chapter 20 Verse 8 says, and this is the Ten Commandments. Uh, Moses had ascended Mount Sinai. He was receiving the commandments. And the, the fourth commandment says this in Exodus 28. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And a lot of times preachers will use this, and they will bang people over the head and say, you better be in church because you're supposed to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. But really, the Sabbath doesn't have much at all to do with church attendance. It says, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. Remember, Sabbath means to cease striving. And he said, the seventh day is a day to cease striving, and it's unto the Lord. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servants or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. So he says, even your guests who come and stay with you, even if they're not Jewish, even if they don't believe like you believe, don't let them work because that's how seriously we're taking this thing, that we're going to honor God with that day of Sabbath. Verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the seas, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, again, we don't have any trouble keeping the other Ten Commandments, I mean, much. Murder, like, I'm not praying every day, God, help me not to murder somebody today. I mean, maybe I should. Um, but, like, I'm not praying that out. Like, I'm not praying, God, help me not to commit adultery today. Like, I'm not doing that because I don't have trouble with that, okay? Um, but the reality is a lot of us have trouble setting aside time to rest, because we take it almost as a badge of honor that we're busy. If you're talking to somebody, hey, how you doing? How's your week been? Oh, it's been busy, right? Don't we all say that? Isn't that a default for all of us? Oh, man, my life's busy. I got so much going on. It's crazy. And we wear it as a badge of honor. But God says you're supposed to set aside time to not be busy. You're supposed to set aside time to, to rest, not just to nap, but to rest in God. See, we often don't take the Sabbath really seriously, as our, as our Jewish um, brothers and sisters. Because it's not just a day off, and we've hijacked it to mean it's, it's just a day off, or it's just a day you don't have to go to work, or it's just a day you attend church. Uh, but it's much, much bigger than that. And in fact, sometimes, even as a day of rest, we, don't, we secularize it, and we, we rob it of its spirituality, and we say, this is a day of rest so that I can recharge to go back to work. Does that make sense? We go, hey, I'm recharging the batteries because, man, I work six days a week. I'm recharging my I'm going back to work tomorrow. And that's great. You should be energized when you go back to work. But the purpose of your day off is not just so you can work better when you go to work. Does that make sense? God is in it so that you can be recharged and reconnected with the God of the universe. I can tell you are so excited about this message today. You're like, yes. This is going to be the most downloaded podcast of any of my messages. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be spectacular. When we cease from working one day a week, it points us to a deeper truth about who God is. What we're saying is, God, I don't have to work seven days a week 
to make my spiritual life what you want it to be. I don't have to work my vocation seven days a week. I don't have to take care of all the business of my life over the seven days because you are God of my life. So I'm going to trust you with my seventh day. So let me equate it like this. You, you've heard me talk about tithe and, and generosity and giving. Basically what happens, it's kind of a similar phenomenon. With our money, what we do is we say, God, I'm going to tithe back. I'm going to give you 10% of what I've got because I trust your blessing on my 90% more than I trust my own blessing over my 100%. I trust you to sustain me and take care of me, and I trust you so much, I'm going to give you 10% of my income. Okay? Now, that's what we do with our finances, and that's biblically what we talk about doing with our finances. Now, it's the same kind of thought. When we take a day out of our week and say, God, I'm going to take this and I'm going to set it aside as a holy day for you, I'm not going to do anything that I have to do that day other than glorify you. I want to recharge. I want to rest. We're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts in just a minute. But we set aside that day. What we're really saying is, God, I trust you with my time. Now, it's easy to trust God with our souls, right? We like we say we love Jesus, we decide to follow Jesus, we make a decision for Christ, and we're Christians, we're saved, we're going to heaven. Now, it's easy to trust God with our salvation, but sometimes it's hard to trust God with our, with our finances, right? And it's really hard to trust God with our time. But the truth is, God wants us to be a good steward, not just of our money, but of our time as well. And sometimes it's tougher to be a good steward of our time because it seems like it's such a finite commodity. Trusting God is at the core of what Sabbath is really all about. Let me read a couple passages of Scripture to you. In Mark chapter 6, uh, Jesus had sent the disciples out in, in verses uh, 7 through 13. He had sent them out two by two to go and deliver people from demons, to go pray for the sick and see them walk and just see people healed. So he sent them out two by two. And then they come back in verse 30 of Mark chapter uh, 6. And this is what it says in the English Standard Version. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him, all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. And they went into the boat, uh, they went in the boat to the desolate place by themselves. And now, I like the message version of this as well, so, so let me read that one to you. In verse 30, this is what it says. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all that they had done and taught. Jesus said, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. Have you ever had days like that where you were so busy you didn't even have time to eat? Like, maybe not. For, I don't have days like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm making time to eat, okay? Um, but, but we've all had days like that. I'm so busy. I didn't even have time to eat today, Right? And the problem is when we find our identity in that busyness, when we find our identity in the coming and going, just like it says in Scripture, they, they were so busy in the coming and going that they didn't even have time to eat. What they were saying is they were neglecting the things that were really important in their lives because they were so busy in their life. And this is what happens to us in our walk with Christ. We don't mean to do it, but we get so busy with our lives that we neglect the really important things of our lives. We're doing things, we're constantly in motion, but we're in motion doing the wrong things sometimes. Not that they're bad or evil things, but we're neglecting the best things for good things. Does that make sense? And what God is trying to communicate to us is we have to be intentional about setting aside time and saying, God, I'm going I'm to neglect some good things for the best thing. And that's what Sabbath is all about. 
See, the disciples had worked hard. They had gone out. They had done some incredible things. And Jesus said, hey, we're not going to keep pushing. We're not going to keep doing incredible things because now we're going to do the best thing. And the best thing is to rest. And not just to take a nap. But he said, come away with me. Come away with me. Let's, let's go off by ourselves. And the same invitation that Jesus issued to the disciples is the same invitation he has for us today. There are times in your life when you are so busy and the Holy Spirit is trying to stop you and Jesus is trying to whisper in your ear, hey, stop trying so hard. Cease your effort and come away with me. Come on, let's just go get away. Let's just go spend some time together. Let's just, let's just go talk. It's time for you to have some quiet. Some of you don't even know what quiet is. My girls are old enough now that, that I can send them to the other rooms and I can have some quiet at times. Some of you have little kids, and it's hard to find quiet in your house. I understand that. But Jesus is saying, you need some quiet. You need some time with me. You need to, to stop your coming and going and just rest in me. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. This is what it says in the English Standard Version. It says, one sub Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. It's talking about Jesus. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck the heads off the grain. So, so imagine, if you will, they're walking through these fields, and the disciples are following Jesus, and as they are, they begin to pluck the heads off of the grain as they're walking along. And it's a little snack for them. And this is what happens. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? <laughs> the Pharisees were saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're breaking the law. You're, you're working. You're like, no, I'm not working. No, you are working according to the law. You're, you're harvesting, right? And he said to them, have you ever read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how they entered the house of God in the time, in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which, is it, it, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? He said, hey, King David, he did what was unlawful because he needed to do it. He, he broke the law, but the spirit of the law was not broken. And this is what Jesus is saying. Yes, they might be breaking the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law is not being broken. They're not harvesting anything. They're not working. They're simply breaking the head off the grain and getting themselves a snack. In verse 27, and he said to them, and this is powerful, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. See, what happened in Jewish law is that somewhere along the line, they became slaves to the Sabbath, where um, there, there were lots of things they could not do. I heard a story, uh, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday about, hey, I mean, this is what my sermon is on, and they said, you know, I knew a Jewish person that even when they got in an elevator, they weren't allowed to push the button for the floor because that was work. So they would get on the elevator and they would have to hope that somebody that was on their elevator would hit the right button. Otherwise, they were going to ride up and down for a while until they got the, you know, it was the elevator lottery. They hit the right one. They're like, yes, all right, you know. They couldn't even push the button. Now, what has happened is they were fulfilling the letter of the law, but they were missing the spirit of the law because it, it kept them in bondage. And what we have to look at is the Sabbath is intended to help us. It's intended to be a benefit for us. It's intended to give us rest, not just rest in a physical sense, but in an emotional and spiritual sense as well. 
That it's not supposed to be bondage for us, but it's supposed to set us free. My great-grandpa, uh, he was a devout Baptist man and loved God. And, um, and my, my dad, he worked highway construction for 30-plus years, hard-working, blue-collar. Um, and it worked, he was working five, six days a week, um, but he always was off on Sundays. He would make sure he was off on Sundays. But sometimes he, he would do something around the house on Sundays. And my great-grandpa, it would make him a little frustrated because he would say, hey, don't you know? It's the Sabbath. You're supposed to keep it holy. But one thing my grandpa didn't understand is that after my dad had been working all week, for him, he relaxed by mowing the yard at times. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense for me because I'm like, oh, i got to mow the yard, right? But for him, it was a moment where he could take a deep breath. He, he had a couple hours by himself. He had a couple hours where all that he heard was the noise of the mower and he could get alone with God and just find a peace in that moment. He, he found rest working in the shop. He found rest tinkering around. So it wasn't about him just sitting on the couch. It was about him connecting with God in maybe a non-traditional way like working in the yard. It's not just about sitting solemnly in front of your Bible and reading it front cover to back cover on the Sabbath. That's not what it's about. It's about connecting with God in whatever way we need to connect with God. It's about finding rest in our relationship with God and being recharged in that. And that the strength of our relationship is what fuels us for the rest of the week. It's not about just getting some rest so we can go back to work. Um, so the Sabbath can look different for a lot of different people. I know for me, Friday is my day, my day off here at the church. Um, so my wife and I are both off on Friday. So the girls are at school and Friday is my Sabbath. And my Sabbath does not look like me sitting in front of my fireplace. You know, it's, I'm in a sweater because that's pastors wear sweaters when they're not in the office, I'm sure. And so that, you know, I'm sitting by the fire and I'm reading the King James Bible and, you know, I'm doing it with a British accent. Like, I'm not, that's not my Sabbath. Like, that's not what Sabbath looks like. For me, Sabbath looks like I get up, um, I, I take the girls to school, I come back to the house, I pick up Kim, and we have a day date. Like, we just spend the day hanging out together. And that is Sabbath for me. That is a time that I can enjoy my relationship with my wife. And through my relationship with my wife, I connect with God a little bit better. I can find some rest because typically I'm not returning emails. I'm not making phone calls. I'm not, I'm not making appointments with people. That's the day that I can push aside my work and then I can say, God, I'm just going to concentrate on you. And I'm going to concentrate on my wife and my relationships and the things that really matter. And that is a day that I find deep rest. Now you can say, well, you should be praying. Well, yeah, I do. Whenever we eat, I pray over that meal. And so I pray. No, but we all think that the Sabbath needs to look a certain way. But it doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Sunday. For me, my Sabbath is Friday. That's the day that I find deep rest in the Lord. And it, the Sabbath is not Sunday for me because it is not a day of rest. <laughs> Um, it's like me telling you, hey, your Sabbath is going to be on Monday. How does that sound? You're like, well, no, Mondays stink. I, I, I don't want to go to work on Mondays. Well, it's right. It's hard to rest when you're working. Sunday is not a day of rest for me. And I'm not complaining. It's not like I'm digging ditches up here, okay? Um, I got it pretty good. But it's not a day of rest. So what do I do? I adjust and say, you know what? My day of rest is Friday. Because it's not about the letter of the law. It's about the spirit of the law. And for every one of us, we have to discover, when is our day of rest? Is it Sunday? It might be. It might be a day that you come to church and you just spend time with family, you just relax, you, you, you take a deep breath in the Lord and just let him recharge you. You connect with God through your relationship with your kids, or your family, your friends, whatever it might be. 
So your Sabbath might look a little differently. Some of you, your Sabbath might be going on a long walk by yourself. It might be um, spending family time. I'll probably get an email about this one. It might be going to a movie. Um, before we moved up here, my wife worked on Fridays. So on Friday, I had, I had nobody around all day long. Like, that was a me day. And so I would usually uh, take the girls to school, and then I would go to a movie in downtown Oklahoma City. It was about 20 minutes from my house. And I would go, and the good thing is nobody was there. I was going to, like, the 10.30 or 11 a.m. matinee movie, and I'd get there, and I'd sit in the movie theater by myself, and I'd watch a movie. I'd go eat lunch by myself, and I would have hours just to rest and just to think about whatever I wanted to think about. And I didn't have anybody else demanding my time or my energy or my anything. So maybe it's something like solitude or simplicity. Um, this is going to be something that would be so difficult for many of us in this room. Maybe it's a day where you say, I'm going to turn off my cell phone. And I'm going to leave it by my nightstand. And I, wherever I go, I'm not taking that cell phone with me. Some of you would feel like your arm was amputated. You're like, oh, oh. Like, you're having heart palpitations right now. <laughs> you, you can't even fathom leaving your cell phone. But what if you left your cell phone? What if, what if you took a break from social media for a whole day? You didn't get on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything else. And you said, I'm going to have some solitude and some quiet and some peace. And I'm just going to recharge with God. That's really what a Sabbath is all about. See, even though my dad would work in the yards and things like that, what he was doing was he was doing something he enjoyed and he loved, and it wasn't work to him. It was something he enjoyed, and because of that, he was revitalized. And it's really about us saying, God, I'm going to find something uh, that I love to do, and I'm going to give it to you and let you redeem it so that you can be glorified through it, so I can connect with you, so I can find rest in you, and so that I can live my week in a way that's going to glorify you. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says this. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is a verse I've heard a lot growing up. This is a verse that I, well, I was familiar with. There were like hymns of the church that would talk about yokes and things like that. When I was a kid, I always thought of like an egg yoke. That was the only yoke I knew. And I was like, like what kind of yoke is difficult. Like, how big is this chicken, right? Like, <laughs> i got no idea what this means. And when we look at the word yoke scripturally, it has a couple of different meanings. One, it means, um, it, it means this, this um, piece of equipment, basically, that, that was used by oxen to pull a plow. So sometimes they would be yoked with other oxen, and it was go around their neck, and it was a big, heavy piece of equipment. And so they would put these on the, the oxen, they would pull a plow, or they would pull whatever they needed to pull, but it was a, a means by which to do work. But it was a heavy implement. It was big. And so what they did is they took that word, and they also applied it to uh, rabbinical teaching. So what would happen with a, a young boy um, growing, growing up in a Hebrew home, a Jewish home, if he had aspirations— to be a scribe or be a Pharisee, 
what he would do is he would go through the traditional teachings just like every other Hebrew child would, every other Hebrew boy. And then when he got to the age of 14, after he had finished those formal teachings, uh, that's the point when the boys that were truly exceptional would begin looking for a rabbi. If you weren't truly exceptional, you're going to go get a real job. You're going to go be a carpenter. You're going to go be a, you know, have some sort of trade or something like that. But if you're truly exceptional, you were going to go look for a rabbi. And the rabbis didn't look for pupils. The pupil, if I wanted to be a rabbi, then I had to go off and find a rabbi that I could sit under his teaching. And I didn't just go find a rabbi. What would happen is I would go and seek out a rabbi. And when I found one, I would say, hey, I want to sit under your teaching. And then that rabbi would put me on to, to the test. He would question me. He would make me talk about scripture. He would make me talk about the law. And we would go through this. And it was a long, lengthy process. And if I was good enough, if I answered the questions right, if I did everything that this rabbi demanded of me, then I could be a follower of this rabbi. And then it got really serious because then my whole life was gone. I, I left my mo mother and father. I, they weren't really my mom and dad anymore. My life was dedicated to this rabbi. My life was dedicated to the teachings of this rabbi. And every rabbi had a particular interpretation of scripture, of the law. And that teaching or that particular interpretation was called the yoke. And so when Jesus says to these people that are gathered to hear him preach and get, gathered to hear him hear the, share the word of God with them, when he says to them, come to me and I will give you rest, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, what he is telling them is, hey, I am a rabbi, but you know what? I'm a different kind of rabbi because I'm going to where you are and I'm inviting you to be a part. I'm bringing you into this relationship. And the beautiful thing about this is the, the heavy burden that a lot of the rabbis like to heap on their followers is not present here. Because the yoke that I'm giving you is different. It's a different kind of yoke. It's not a yoke of, of weights and laws and you better measure up. And if you're not good enough, then you can't be my follower. He said, my yoke is different because my yoke says, because you're mine, you're in relationship. You're my follower. It has nothing to do with you adding up to the laws or, or measuring up or being good enough. Because I'm inviting you, you're good enough. And because of that, this, this weight was lifted. And Jesus says to them, there is rest in your relationship with me. This is what it says in, in the same passage of scripture from the message. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. When I read this, there's some of you that are thinking, like, you just, something in your spirit just leapt up because you thought, I want that. You've got this heavy burden on you, and Jesus' desire is to lift the burden off you and to let you live a life that's free. And part of the way we do that is by saying, God, I want a Sabbath. I want to find rest in you. I want to find completion and wholeness in you. I'm, I'm going to cease striving. I'm not going to try to work this thing out on my own. I'm not going to try to work out my own salvation and, and white knuckle it and just get to heaven because I'm trying hard enough. Because you can't try hard enough. You can't work hard enough. There's nothing you can do to make you worthy of going to heaven. But what happens is you say, I'm going to submit to the grace of God. And I'm going to be covered by the blood of Jesus. And because of that, I have access to heaven. And the same thing is true 
uh, in, in our daily week when we say, God, you know what? I can't do this whole thing on my own, so I'm going to stop trying. Because I can work seven days a week, but I'm not going to be better off for it. But I'm going to trust you with my time and trust you to redeem it for your glory. One of the things in um, Jewish readings in the, the Mishnah, there's this prayer. And the prayer says, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. And when I read that, I just thought, how beautiful is that? What an incredible picture is that of, of what God really wants us to be? Um, sorry, I was waving at the worship team. They were peeking out the window. Um, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Because the picture it's trying to paint here is that when I was, if I was seeking to become a rabbi, what I would do is dedicate my life to that rabbi. And as I did, I would follow that rabbi anywhere he went. But I wouldn't just follow him. I'd follow him so closely that the dust that he would kick up would cover me. And that's the prayer I have for the people in this church, that, that we're going to find deep rest in our rabbi, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but we're going to follow so closely to him that the dust that he kicks up is going to cover us, that we're going to be filthy with the dust that's kicked up from Jesus Christ because we're following so closely behind him, that, that we don't find our value in how much we do or how strong we are or how much we can accomplish, but we find our value in who we are in Jesus Christ. And by dedicating our lives to him and following him, that's where we find our rest. You know, last week I talked about joy, and I just said that our joy is contingent on our relationship with God. That the healthier our walk with God is, the more joy we're going to see grow in our lives. And I will tell you this, um, the same kind of thought came to mind when I was thinking about, when I was thinking about Sabbath. Um, the more we connect with God, the easier it is to find rest. True rest. And, and the more we rest in God, the easier it is to connect with God. God wants us to find a deep rest, not just in our physical body, but in our souls. He wants the worry and the anxiety and the fear to be gone because he wants us to trust him fully and wholly. He wants our lives to be so dedicated and devoted to him that we know I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to try to fix anything because I am God's and he is mine. May the dust of your rabbi cover you. That's what I want for you, and that's what I want for me, and that's what I want for this place. We find rest in him and our relationship with him, but it happens when we're intentional. My challenge to you is this. This week, I want you to take a day, and I know that you, you can't call in sick or take a day off work or something like that necessarily, but I want you to take a day and say, God, I'm gonna commit this day to you and finding rest in you, and I'm gonna stop Striving, I'm going to cease striving. I'm going to stop trying to do it all on my own. And today is a day that I'm dedicating to you. And see what happens. See how fruitful it is for your life. Because I promise you it's going to be worth it. And you might think, I'm too busy. I don't have time to take a day and, and dedicate it to the Lord. But I promise you do. The question is, will you do it? You have the time if you'll make the time. Really what we're talking about is lordship. Who's Lord of your time? God wants to be Lord of your time, but more than that, he wants to be Lord of your life. This is just an aspect of that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You're a redeeming God that you love us, you care for us. And Lord, when we talk about something like Sabbath, it really isn't even about the legal side of just taking a day or resting, but it's really about connecting more in relationship with you. 
And Lord, it drives us back to you. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, we wouldn't approach it in a way that's just legalistic, but God, I pray that we would approach it in a way that we know it's about us being in healthy relationship with you. God, I pray for people here who find their identity in their busyness or in their schedules and how many things they can get done in a day. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't find our identity there. Lord, let us find our identity in you and you alone. Let us find our identity in, in our relationship with you and who you say we are. Lord, I pray right now for people who feel like they are too busy. God, let them recognize that they need to take a moment and just take a deep breath in you and relax and be centered on you. Lord, have your way with us. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us, reveal yourself over the next few minutes in your name. Now, if you would, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Mel, you know what? I'm not even really a Christian. I'm not even really a follower of Jesus. I don't even really have a relationship with him, but I'd like to. And I know today is the day, so I want to make a decision for him today. I want to know him today and be in a relationship with him today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me, pray for me. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Thank you guys up here in the balcony. I see you. Put your hand down. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Real quickly. Okay. I want everybody in this place, and if you're watching online and you feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. But everyone in the room, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm going to stop working on my salvation, and I'm going to let you do the work. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. I'm giving you my life, and I'm never going back. I commit to chase after you every day for the rest of my life. I'm not going to be perfect, but you love me perfectly. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give God a big round of applause? That's so awesome. I love it because there are days that I'll, I'll craft a sermon and I think, oh, we're going to see a bunch of people saved. And then nothing happens. Like, what in the world? And God reminds me, hey, it's not about you. It's about my Holy Spirit. And today was one of those days I thought, uh, I don't know if anybody will make a decision for Christ because we're talking about Sabbath. We had two people raise their hand and say, hey, I, I want to know Jesus. It's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit working in this place. That's awesome. <laughs> now, listen, uh, one of the pastors that I follow is a guy named Perry Noble. He's a pastor of a church uh, down in Georgia. I mean, actually, a bunch of churches down there. But one of the things he said that I loved, he said that God calls people who won't work lazy, but he calls people who work too much disobedient. Now let that sink in for a second. We take a lot of pride in being workaholics. And that's not what God wants for your life. He recognizes there's something bigger than that. So I want you all to bow your head one more time. And let me just pray over you. If you're here today, you say, Mel, um, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm a Christian, but the truth is I don't understand Sabbath and I need to. I need to apply that to my life. I need to be able to, to rest in God. And man, I'm a workaholic and I take pride in that. And I need God's help on that. If that's you, would you just put your hand up and let me pray with you today? Thank you. Yeah, a bunch of you raised your hands. Thank you. Let me just pray over you. Lord, thank you so much.